0: For many of us during this time of the year, we're affected by SADS, seasonal affective disorder, especially in these last darkest days of the year, we're only nine days away from the shortest day of the year. And it's one of the difficulties of living in a Northern city. And now this year that just gets amplified by the current lockdown that we have, where all of those things that we can cling to that kind of pull us through that, seem to kind of get taken away. The things that bring us joy get pulled away from us and can amplify that struggle to find that joy, that levity in our life. Isaiah today talks about the joy that he has. I greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God. He has clothed me with garments of salvation. But Then at the same time, he says just before that, The Lord has anointed me, and he sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and release to prisoners. And for the last number of decades, statements like that have often been linked to the idea that we are supposed to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. It's our job to bring good news to the oppressed, and to bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to captives. And we do it. We know that we're responsible for it as Christians, that this is part of the way that we live out our Christian life. But it takes away from what is at the heart of bringing the joy. That it can become too much a responsibility and not from the right source. This year, Elk Island Catholic School's motto for their year is choose joy. And it's intentional, not choose happiness, There's a lot of kind of this sentiment of choosing happiness. That's optimism. That's trying to always see the good in whatever you're dealing with. Sometimes life just stinks, and optimism is no fun. Choosing joy is a different thing. Choosing joy is a Christian thing. And what's more significant about the choice Elk Island Catholic Schools made in choosing that motto is the Scripture verse that they paired with it it's from the first letter of saint peter chapter 3 and it says in your hearts reverence christ as lord always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who calls you to account for the hope that is in you choosing joy having christian joy in our life is a result of reverencing christ in our heart because from that we find our hope as christians and because of the hope that we have we rejoice choosing joy is not the product of our individual choices in how we create our life if we do that if we think that we are the ones that bring about joy by binding up the brokenhearted and proclaiming liberty to captives our joy will disappear because we become more and more disconnected from the source of our joy, who is Christ Jesus. This is who brings us Christian joy that endures whatever circumstances life wants to throw at us. This is why St. John the Baptist today, when they keep pestering him for more answers about what he's doing and who he is, he's like, it doesn't matter. There's one greater than I that is coming. That's what it's about. That's who you should be looking for. These things that you don't understand about what I'm doing, I'm not the answer. He's the answer to what you're trying to understand in me. Pope Francis wrote a whole apostolic letter, probably the longest apostolic letter in the history of the church, on Christian joy. This is what he says. The joy of the gospel fills the hearts and lives of all who encounter Jesus. Those who accept his offer of salvation are set free from sin, sorrow, inner emptiness, and loneliness. With Christ, joy is constantly born anew. Whenever our interior life becomes caught up in its own interests and concerns, there is no longer room for others, no place for the poor. God's voice is no longer heard. The quiet joy of his love is no longer felt. And the desire to do good fades. This is a very real danger for believers, too. I realize, of course, that joy is not expressed the same way at all times in life, especially in moments of great difficulty. Joy adapts and changes, but it always endures, even as a flicker of light born of our personal certainty that when everything is said and done, we are infinitely loved. This is the reason for our hope. This is the cause of our joy. And we need to come back to it again and again. I don't often endorse things in homilies because my opinion doesn't matter in homilies, but I will today. If you haven't yet seen The web series called the chosen which is the first ever like tv show online of the life of jesus i recommend it to every one of you for me it has been the greatest depiction of the person of christ i have ever seen on film part of the reason biggest reason is joy what do you always see when the life of christ is depicted He goes around, almost floating, a super serious man. He's on a mission, and he speaks very solemnly at every turn. One of my favorite scenes in the series so far, it's still ongoing, season two is supposed to come out in the new year, is the one that's called Jesus Loves the Little Children. And at the beginning of the episode, this little girl brings her friend. Jesus is camped just outside of town by himself. And this little girl found him, and the next day she brings a friend with him, and they're hiding behind a rock looking at this stranger. And Jesus is in prayer to his father. It starts off with, Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. And he's like, Father, if one day two little children end up hiding behind a rock and see me, please give them the courage to come to me and say shalom. And then they giggle. And he stops his prayer, and then he went, And they giggle again. He goes, that's not cheap. That's not cheap. What's out there? His joy. Christ's joy. How much joy must he have had if he is the source of our joy? And it's rife throughout the entire series, how his joy bubbles over again and again. It's part of the reason why everybody loves Christmas not everybody. People who've had hurt at Christmas struggle to find it. But non-Christians find joy at Christmas too. But what we forget is what the source of that joy is at Christmas. If Christ disappears from Christmas, so will the joy. I'm going to leave you with another quote, because other people say it better than me. This is from G.K. Chesterton. It's the very last words in his book called Orthodoxy. This is what he says. If you don't know the definition for mirth, you can look it up when you get home. Joy, which was the small publicity of the pagan, is the gigantic secret of the Christian. Jesus never concealed his tears, yet he concealed something. He never restrained his anger Yet he restrained something. Yet I say it with reverence. There was in that shattering personality a thread that must be called shyness. There was something that he hid from all men when he went up a mountain to pray. There was something that he covered constantly by abrupt silence or impetuous isolation. There was, there was some one thing that was too great for God to show us when he walked upon our earth, and I have sometimes fancied that it was his mirth.